0: John chapter 8 this morning in verse 31, and uh, again, like I said, the Lord laid this on my heart for this morning, and uh, I don't know how you feel about it, which I'm pretty sure I know how most of you feel about it. I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed to be an American, are you? I'm not. Um, and, uh, and, I, and the way I feel about it, um, I feel that being patriotic is not unscriptural. Paul was a patriot. Uh, The missionary we had um, under the Jews, he read Romans chapter 10, where Paul said, My heart's desire for Israel, that they might be saved. Does that mean that Paul didn't love uh, Asia Minor, or he didn't love, uh, you know, the Romans, or he didn't love the Greeks? No. But he had a special place in his heart for Israel. And there's nothing, now I believe you can take it too far. Now, follow me. There's a lot of people that are sure-fired, double dip died in the wool patriots, but they don't know God and they don't care a lick about God, and they'll say God bless America and all that, but they don't they don't love God, they don't know God, so I don't worship and I'm not. But my, my allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ, but I am proud and thankful to be a citizen of the United States of America, despite all the blemishes that are upon it. And uh, this morning I, we're going to look in. Uh, that the reason I said that is. This is Independence Weekend, July 4th. I read something the other day, one of these liberals. I got an iPhone, and I wish I hadn't, because, you know, iPhone, Apple, liberal, you know what I mean? And I hadn't figured out how to get this Apple News notifications off my phone. It's almost like the devil is just trying to get me. Dylan's been wondering why I'm in such a bad mood every morning, because when I get up, i got these Apple News, and everything is so liberal. Does anybody else get that? And it slanted. And the other day, it says debate begins about whether or not to ha- continue having Independence Day. These liberals are wanting us to stop having independence because they said it, 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 I can't remember. It made be so mad. My blood pressure got high and I lost consciousness for a minute. But, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, let's look here in John chapter right before I get in trouble. Everybody stand. Let's read verse number 31 if you're able to stand will. The Bible said, Then Jesus then said Jesus to the Jews which believe on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we are never in bondage to any man. And they lied, because if you know the Bible, you know there was a time when they were in bondage to a man in Egypt. But anyway, How sayest thou, Ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to help me now. I pray, God, you would remove anything that might hinder or distract those that are here from hearing the Word of God. And I pray you might help me, Lord. You know the desires and the intents of my heart. Lord, you know that all I want to do this morning is to please you, and I pray, God, you'd help me. I pray you'd give me words to say. Lord, give me wisdom, Lord, not only what to say, but what not to say. And I pray above all, God, that as we preach today, that you would preach the hearts of those that are here. And Father, we're living in desperate times. Lord, we're in a time, Lord, of great turmoil and trouble. And I pray today that you might use this text to help uh, stir our hearts and help us to draw closer to You. And I pray, God, if there's one here today that's a slave to sin, Lord, that's in the bondage of sin, I pray, O oh God, today, that would be the day that You set them free. And I pray, God, that Jesus will be glorified, the church will be edified, and, God, that all things will be done, Lord, that will glorify You. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. John chapter 8 and verse number 36 Jesus said, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And that's what I want to preach on this morning is free indeed. And, and, And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there is a difference in being free and being free indeed. You know this morning that freedom is something that's often taken for granted. And often we don't appreciate it, until it's gone. There are people today that if we could talk to them around the world. They live in places that were once free. They had freedom. And that word free, it actually just means to be able to go and to come as one pleases. And so there's people that would tell you how, how precious freedom is because they've had it taken away. But this morning I don't really want to emphasize as much about our freedom as Americans But I want to talk about spiritual freedom. There's many today, there's many today that are socially free, but they're not spiritually free. And listen, this: when I've done said it, I'll say it again. There's nothing wrong with being proud to be an American. Amen. That was North Georgia's finest. Lee Greenwood wrote that song. Amen. I'm kind of surprised it's not in the church handle. Maybe we should add it but I am proud to be an American. It's a sad day in this nation where people want you to be embarrassed for being an American. I'm not embarrassed at all, amen. I don't have no tattoos and I don't plan on getting none. But if I did, it'd be an bald eagle, an American flag, amen. And muscles bulged down, amen. Saying, if you don't like it, leave it. Now, that's a lot of ink. That probably hurt pretty bad. But all I'm saying is there's something more to life than just being socially free. I'm glad this morning that not only am I free as an American, but I'm free as a child of God. Now the world would have you to think that being a Christian is being in bondage. But let me tell you, there's no freedom like being a child of God. Jesus said, I'll make you free. But I just won't make you free. I'll make you free indeed. What he was saying is, I'll give you real freedom. Complete freedom. Total freedom. a Freedom like you've never known before. And this morning it breaks my heart to know that there are some, even in this room perhaps, that don't know what real freedom is. You think you're in control of your life, but you're not in control of your life. You think that you go and please as you will, but the truth of the matter is you don't. You're, a bond, you're enslaved. You're a bondsman. You're, you're in sin. Jesus tells us here about free, being free indeed. And I'm gonna, everybody take a deep breath. I'm going to give you five things about being free indeed. Everybody, everybody still alive? Everybody still here? The first thing in verse 32, I want you to see this. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. If we're going to understand this being free indeed, we need to understand what Jesus said about it. And Jesus, the first thing he mentions here is the source of being free indeed. Listen, the source of being free indeed is not having more rights. The source of being free indeed is not having more privileges. But the true source of true freedom, and again, spiritual freedom, is the truth, the Word of God. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, without truth, there is no freedom. Do you believe that truth is under attack? I do. Listen, they've changed this and they're changing uh, the history books. They're changing, uh, they're trying to rewrite the history of this nation and make people that were good people, that were noble people, that were brave people out to be tyrants and to be evil men. And listen, by doing that, they are undermining the freedom that we have. And as children of God, our freedom is in the Word of God, it's based on the truth of the Word of God. And Jesus said you must have the truth And you must know the truth If you want to be free Did you know you can't love Jesus And not love truth John 14 6 Jesus said I am the way The truth and the life He is truth He was truth embodied He He had a true heart and a true mind He spoke true words and did true deeds He was a true man Listen, the reason people hated Jesus it wasn't because of the miracles he produced. It was because of the message he preached. Right. Over there in John, he fed the 5,000. Y'all remember that? Uh-huh. You know, the little lad, the little lunch. He brought Anyway, he fed the 5,000, but after he got through feeding them, he preached to them. Amen. And boy, they loved him when he was handing out fish sticks and hush puppies and everybody was eating. They liked that. They enjoyed that. And they marveled at that. But later Jesus began to preach. If you'll read it in John, I believe it's chapter 6 on down through the end. Uh, and, and, and He began to tell them. He said, I'm that bread come down from heaven. He said, I'm that man of the mountain. And boy, them Jews didn't like that. They knew what He was saying. He was saying He was God. He was the Son of God. And listen, when, after He preached that message, the Bible says... And John six sixty six and from that time have many turned back from following him. Many turn back from following him. Why? Because of the truth he preached unto them. I want to ask you something. Why do people go to the doctor and want the truth? And they go to the, the, the they go to the bank and they want the truth. And they go to Edward Jones about investments and they get the truth. But they come to church and they want somebody to tell them a lie. I've got no lies to tell you this morning. You'll die and go to hell without Jesus Christ. You better turn from your sins and believe on him. You and I don't deserve. Deserve heaven we deserve hell and Jesus is the only way and the word of God is what's the source of freedom we live in a world that still hates truth today instead of believing the truth and accepting the truth people have chosen to ignore the truth altogether and act as if it does not exist there was a day when you could quote the Bible and it gets somebody's attention but now if you quote scripture it's almost like (laughs) Oh, you're special. You're one of them special kids. That's why they treat you. Oh, where's your helmet at? You need to put your helmet on so you don't bump your head. You know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, listen. God let God be true, and every man a liar. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus said, "My word will not pass away Amen. till all be fulfilled." These God-denying liberals that are—they're going to die one day. They're going to die, and God help them. I hope they repent, and get saved before they die. Oh, but listen—the word of God will stand, and the word of God will stand when the earth is dissolved with fire, and the stars fall from the sky. And this world's no longer God's word will still stand when the Constitution is no more and the Declaration of Independence is burned up. The word of God will still stand Amen. forever, O oh Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven. God did not write the words of the word of God to please man. He wrote to help man, to save man. And the source of freedom is truth. Jesus told the truth. He told the truth about the misery of sin. Did you know God dealt with sin in the garden? Jesus dealt with sin on earth. And the Holy Spirit deals with sin now. Sin must be dealt with. Know how we need to return to having an awareness of sin. And God help me to be a man that will preach on sin. And call sin out. Amen. And be specific about it. And not apologize for it. Listen to me. Something's wrong when a preacher spends more time apologizing for what he says than actually saying what he says. I'm not here to live your life for you and I don't intend to try. I have a hard enough time trying to live my own life. There's enough weeds in my garden that i got to pick that I don't have time to be nosing around in yours. But I'm going to say this. I pray God will help me to never stand behind this desk and preach anything but the truth. And if I'm going to preach the truth, i got to tell you the truth about sin. I've got to tell you what sin is. Oh, listen, sin sin's a transgression of the law, according to 1 John 3. Whosoever transgresses the law committed sin, for sin is a transgression of the law. You said, oh, but Brother Martin, I've been watching one of these liberals and he said the law is no longer intact oh listen God's commandments are still true and you'll still be held accountable the test of of judgment is the word of God and listen we need to be reminded about the misery of sin Jesus said in verse 21 you shall die in your sins boy isn't that hateful verse 24 you shall die in your sins No, listen this morning. Why is it important we tell people about sin? Because sin's going to kill you. It'll kill you. It'll destroy you. Oh, sin will isolate, sin desolates, but finally sin annihilates, it destroys, it's sin. Bible says in James 1:15, when lust is bringeth, it conceded, bringeth forth sin, and when sin is it bringeth forth death, the wages of sin is death, the wages of sin is death, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Why do we need to talk about sin? Because it's going to kill you. So, but I'm having a good time with it. You're not. It's having a good time with you. Sin will kill you. It'll destroy your family. Right. You husbands, listen to me, it'll, it'll kill your marriage. Right. You think she don't know? Well, she may not, but God knows about it. Right. And your children, you think, you, you, you think your children don't know? God knows. And he'll, he'll, you'll, 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 he'll be sure, be sure your sin will find you out. Right. Why should I? Why did Jesus tell people about sin? Because Jesus saw the end from the beginning. Jesus saw a lake of fire and brimstone and Jesus saw men and women weeping and gnashing their teeth and when Jesus stepped out of eternity and stepped down into time he said I need to warn y'all about sin sin has has become there is no wrong anymore I won't tell you it's not popular and it's not well accepted but if you're living in sin this morning you know who you are I don't Again, I don't do background checks and call. I don't, I don't investigate. <laughs> the other night, me and Brother Gavin come up. He had to go pick up this plug dog that he, I had to keep for two weeks that he had. But anyway, I had, I've been watching this plug dog. I can't stand her. her name's Luna. I'm so glad she's gone. Do I like her Dylan or do I not like her? Dylan knows I don't like her. Dylan witnessed me correcting her a time or two. But anyhow, <laughs> he seemed to weed eat a lot better that day for some reason. But anyway, Brother Gavin come up. I'm talking about Investigate. And, and we, was drive, we was out coon hunting. It about 1.30. And we pulled by Miss Christy and Brother Jared's house. Out. We was whack, and we got these lasers on our lights. And, I mean, them lasers will go for like a mile. And so we were shining our lasers at, at their house because we were trying to scare Jared. And, 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 and Brother Gavin, we were laughing and cutting up. And Gavin said, he said, has he not rented that house yet? And I said, no, somebody's living there. And I looked, and the renter was standing on the front porch watching us with her cell phone in her hand. You say, what did y'all do? I scooted. I got out of there. And, uh, but you see what I'm saying? It's not my job to investigate. But I want to tell you, somebody's following you every step you go. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. And to, today, Jesus told the truth about the misery of sin. There is pleasure in sin for a season. Oh, but the end of sin's bitter and it's painful and it's terrible. Jesus told the truth about the must of salvation. John 3, 7, he said, Marvel not that I send thee, you must be born again. i got a news flash for you. The world's not getting better. It's getting worse. We're not evolving. We're devolving. Man's getting more corrupt and more evil. And the Bible has said it would be this way. The Bible says that men would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Have we ever seen a time where people just want to feel good and get high and have fun than we do right now? But t- I saw their day at church in Colorado now. They're giving marijuana away to people. In church. Diane, don't be getting no ideas. <laughs> She's looking for a flight right now. I'm just kidding. Isn't that sad though? Isn't that sad, people? Listen, what's sad is we've stopped telling people they must be born again. I, listen, I hate to say this, but your children must be born again. I my children must be born again. If they don't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they'll die and go to hell. And if you're here today and you don't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you'll die and go to hell. People hated Jesus because he told them they had to be saved. Amen. He told the truth about the mercy of the Savior. John three seventeen. For God said not of the world condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Thank God Jesus told the truth and so should we. Jesus told the truth and oh how the source of freedom's the truth. We can't have freedom without truth. You can't be saved without the truth. The Bible says of his own will but God heed them up by the truth. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. The word of God's the source of my freedom today. One day I put my faith in what the Bible says and Jesus set me free. And this morning if you want freedom, it's got to come from right here. Verse 33 and 34, we see the subjects of freedom. Who, Who are the ones that need to be set free? The ones we see their blindness in verse 33 we be Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? These people suffered from the same thing that you and I suffered from at one time, or if you're here and you're not saved, you suffer from it now. You're spiritually blind. They said, we don't need to be set free, we're free already. They were telling the Son of God this. Now, can you imagine? Jesus, the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, was trying to help them. He was trying to tell them that if they didn't get saved, they'd die in their sins. If they didn't get saved, they'd die in their sins. And they looked at him in his eyes. And I believe they were very sincere. And by the way, you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. I, I can write you a check for a million dollars and be so sincere about it. But I promise you, there ain't nothing there to sustain. It'll bounce like, like flubber. Y'all remember flubber? It'll bounce. I'm talking about it'll bounce all the way from the bank all the way back to, to Mayfield. And I can be as sincere as I want. I can take my little forerunner out here and hook it up to a fifth wheel gooseneck and blow it down with a skid steer and, 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 and say, I believe it'll pull it. I really do. I'm going to try get it. And it's not going to do it. it now, we'll try, won't we do it? Y'all pray for her. She's, in, she's sick. Her, her muffler's about to fall off. And, I, and I'm trying to make anyway. But what I'm saying is being sincere is not enough. You can you listen, hey, just try it, man. Just try it. Go home and spill a drink on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Tear something up. Leave the refrigerator door and say, "Honey, I didn't mean to." I sincerely and see how much that gets you at home. Yeah. These people were sincere, but they were sincerely wrong they said we've never been in bondage to any man that was wrong biblically I mean we know that they were in bondage for 400 years 400 years they were in bondage for 70 years they were in captivity in Babylon that had only been just a few hundred years earlier and brother Mike they had forgotten it already they were blind to their blindness they were blind to their bondage they thought they were fine they were saying Jesus we don't need any help and Jesus said you cannot see it you're blind and listen to me I'm not trying to make you doubt salvation but if you've got real salvation it's real hard for anybody to make you doubt it you understand what i'm saying but i want to say there's something there are people today that are coming to church week after week month after month and they're just as lost as the most wicked sinner in the world and they don't even realize it because they're blind they say so i don't need to be saved i've been in church my whole life i, I don't need to be saved i'm not as bad as others St. Corinthians 4:4 4 4 says that they're blinded in whom the godless world had blinded the minds, and oh, the devil's doing a good job of pulling the wall over the eyes of this world right now. And listen, the, the, the subjects of freedom. The ones who need freedom are those that are their blindness. Verse 34 he spoke of their bondage. He says, "Whosoever committed sin is a servant of sin." The word that servant of sin. It means that as a slave is to his master, so is the sinner bound by the taskmaster of sin. Being enslaved by the desires of sin, they continually sin. You see this morning, I'm free. I'm free indeed. This morning, somewhere there's a man or a woman there they're hooked on drugs. They're hooked on liquor. They're taking pills. They got all and boy, they—they're convinced that they're fine. They think everything's fine, and they feel sorry for me and you. They think we're the ones that've got a problem. And they don't understand they're being led. They're being led by the devil and they don't even believe. They don't even understand it. They're in the bondage of sin. They're in the chains of sin. At Proverbs 5, 22, it says, His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself and he shall be hauled with the cords of his sins. Sin will bind you. Oh, Samson was the strongest man in the world, but he got to playing with sin. And the Bible said he loved a woman. I'm going to preach one day about falling in love with the wrong woman. He fell in love with her. He laid his head in her lap even after she tried to take his strip from. I mean, he should have known better. But what did he do? He went right back. He went right back. And there's some in here you played with sin. And it almost caught you And God. showed mercy and you got out of it. But here you are again. Want to play with it again. Want to dabble with it again. Want to toy with it again. And listen, eventually it got Samson. And they took and they put his eyes out. It blinded him. And then they tied him to the millstone. They, it binded him. And then they made him pull that millstone. Day and night it was grinding on him. And that's exactly what sin does. It blinds. It binds. And it grinds. And listen. They were in bondage. They were in bondage. Amen. Their behavior. He said in verse 37. You seek to kill me. You seek to kill me. Verse 44, he says, you have your father devil, devil, unless your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Listen, in order to make themselves feel better, they attacked the character of Christ. In verse 41, they called him the son of fornication. The son of fornication. That's a pretty, pretty strong accusation to say about anybody, much less the son of God. They blasphemed him. You know what the world's doing today? They're blaspheming Jesus Christ. I saw the other day, they, made this, they had this poster up and had a, p- a portrayal of Jesus Christ. And by the way, as long as God will help me. Now, y'all do what you want in your house, and that's your place. But this is the house of God, and I'm the pastor, so I'm responsible for it. As long as God help me, there will be no pictures of Jesus on the walls in this church. Amen. The Bible says have no graven image, and we're not putting put God in our image. And I, Anyway, I, I'm not going to get on that. Rabbit trail as much as, I, as I'd like to. But I saw they had this portrayal of Jesus Christ of who they thought he looked like. And, and I could say a lot, but I ain't going to, going to avoid that. But but brother, brother Dylan, on his forehead, they had 666. And listen to me, that's blasphemy. You understand? These people looked at Jesus and said, Oh, you're a son of fornication. And by the way, that's what they're still saying today. They're trying to say Jesus was the son of a Roman soldier and if that don't stick then they try to come up with something else and something else. Well we found his name inscripted in a tomb somewhere else. Well don't you, don't they know there was probably 50,000 people named Jesus when Jesus was on earth. It was a common name like James or John or Joe. It was a common name and they, what are they doing? They're trying to discredit him and trying to attack his character but listen to me the Bible says that he's still holy harmless undefined separate from sinners believe Listen they're in bondage They're in bondage Oh how they needed to be set free And if you're you're lost this morning You're in the chains of sin And oh you're bound to sin And you're bound by sin Amen And listen there's no remedy for that Listen there's no fix for that you can get them patches and quit smoking. You can get a pill instead and go to detox and stop drinking. You can get on a diet and stop eating. But there's one thing you can't do if you're here and you're lost is you can't stop sinning. And if you get over one vice, you'll have another vice. And you get over that vice and, and listen the Bible over there in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 5. When, Pro, when I'm trying to remember it right. Where Solomon was talking to his son, he said, My son, he said, Listen, take heed, hear my words. He said, The lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, but her end is bitter as wormwood. And it says, Her ways are movable. Her ways are movable. What he was saying is sin. You can't, once you start figuring it out, it'll move. And once you find it, it'll move. And you, you it's like being in the ocean, and the waves are coming, and by the way, you ain't got worry. <laughs> If y'all see me out there in the ocean on TV or something, y'all call the law. My wife's trying to kill me because I will not voluntarily go past. I'm like Ezekiel, ankle deep. That's deep enough for me. (coughs) Brother Hobbs, you want me to take you deep sea fishing? No, anyway. Anyway. (coughs) But Brother Dylan sins like waves. And if you're in the bondage of sin this morning, it's not going to stop. It's going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And I know what you're thinking. When you was a young child, when you was 12, 13, for you thought, well, I'm, I, I, when I get to be 18, 19, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow up and I'm going to do better. And then when you got that age, you said, all right, when I get older, when I get married, I'm going to stop this, I'm going to stop that. And then you got married and you got kids. Well, well, I, I, well once they get a little older, I'm going to get serious about doing right and I'm going to clean. Up and now, here you are, and you know what will happen is you'll find yourself in a nursing home one day, and you'll find yourself on life support one day, and you'll be in the bondage of sin then, just like you are right now. Amen. The source, the scope of freedom in verse 35 how far does this freedom go? And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. It's eternal. What Jesus was saying is a servant eventually will die. It will no longer be a servant. But a son in a household was always a son. And Jesus said, You're going to die. And you're going to die in your sins. But if you trust me, you'll be saved forever. <laughs> forever and forever and forever. That word free, it means to set, to liberate. But the word free indeed, listen to this. It means one who is free born. So what Jesus is saying is that the freedom he can give you today when he saves you is so complete that it is as if you were never a slave to begin with. But it is as if you were a free born son of God. Oh, listen this morning if you'll come to Jesus and you'll trust him the Bible says he'll justify you. Therefore, being just, Romans five one. Therefore, being justified by faith. I used to think being justified meant it's just as if I was I'd never sinned. But it's more than that. It means just as if you were never a sinner. That Jesus said, "I'll make you free." But I just won't make you free. I'll make you free indeed. He said, I'll set you so free that that it'll be like you were never a slave. It'll look like you never wore those chains around your wrist. It'll look like you never worked the day out in that field. He said, I'll make you so free that people won't even know you as ever a slave to begin with. That's real freedom, man. That's true salvation. The only salvation Jesus offers is eternal salvation. You say, how far does this freedom go? Well, when you get saved, He delivers you from the wrath of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. When you get saved, He delivers you from condemnation. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. When you get saved, you're delivered from death and hell. John 5, 24. When you get saved, you're delivered from the power of sin. Romans 6, 13 and 14. When you get saved, you're delivered from the power of Satan. First uh, Peter 5, 8, 9. And you say, how free are you today? I'm free indeed. Amen. <laughs> I'm free indeed. And Jesus said, if you come to me, I'll really set you free. Amen. The sacrifice of freedom. He said in verse 36, I'll make you free. The Son shall make you free. You see, in order to free, free someone, now follow me. I'm winding her up. In order for someone to be free or to to be be set free, somebody had to pay a price. Think about the, the ones that signed the Declaration of Independence. Five of those were captured by the British Army and tortured until they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary War. Uh... Another had two sons that were captured in prison till they died. Nine of the 56 fought and died from the wounds or the hardships of the Revolutionary War. I could read you. I read some stories. There was men, man, Brother, Brother Aaron, one of the men, Thomas Nelson, he sat there in his, his home, his family, his house, his whole everything. The British had moved in and taken up and turned into a fort, his, 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 his farm. And he sat with George Washington and said, Tear it, blow it up. Blow it up, and he sat and watched them destroy everything. And that man he went bankrupt and died a beggar because why he was re- he was he was willing to pay the price to be free. Those men that signed the the, the Declaration of Independence, this is what they said. They said we support the, for the support of this Declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine Providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our our sacred honor. What they were doing is when we they said when we signed this bill, they said we're gonna pay the price, we're gonna sacrifice. And I thank God that there were men and women down through the years that were willing to sacrifice for our freedom. And that's why you best not burn a flag in front of me, amen. And don't spit on a flag and don't run down this nation because people pay a price. I'll never forget my granddaddy was buried. They had him lined up. He was a two-time Purple Heart. He got wounded twice. He got wounded once in World War II. Spent six months in France in the bed in a hospital and got out and went right back to war and ended up getting bombed again, running over a landmine again. Brother Aaron, I'll never forget, as they played them bagpipes, and we stood out there in that cemetery. They handed my grandmother that folded flag, and those men... They began to fire off that 21-gun salute. Let me tell you something. There ain't nothing wrong with feeling a little pride in your heart about that. I thought God help that man he shed his blood he lost an eye he lost an ear once his whole side was full of shrapnel you didn't have to worry about him wearing no Bermuda shorts or taking the shrapnel he was so embarrassed he had shrapnel all up and down his side and he gave it all he sacrificed it all and now these little punks want to run around and tear the flag down and defame these uh, uh, historical monuments they need to be whipped you understand what I'm saying they ought to be whipped and tarred and feathered and sit out and let them live somewhere else for a little while and then realize how good they got it but there's a sacrifice for freedom men that went I could go on but Jesus sacrificed voluntarily voluntarily nobody made him he did it on his own Jesus sacrificed vicariously he did it in our place Jesus sacrificed victoriously. Because he died, we live. And we think about the sacrifice that was made for this nation. I'm talking about real, true, real sacrifice. I mean real sacrifice. I'm talking about getting off those boats at Normandy, knowing they was was going to die. And they went anyway. They're men that would fly on those missions there was one I can't remember. I, I wish I had the details, but it was a one-way mission. They didn't have enough fuel to get there and get back. And they told them, they said, you know, you'll either be, you'll either be, you'll you'll either be in prison, or or, or you'll die in the ocean, or we may be able to get you, but the chances are we won't be able to get to you. And those men signed up for that mission and went voluntarily. But Aaron, they put on them parachutes and they got in them planes knowing that those planes would never land back on that carrier again. And what I'm saying is what sacrifice that was, what sacrifice those men that went to Vietnam and they really didn't even know what they were fighting for, but they fought anyway. You say, well, they shouldn't have ever been there. But when their commander, the general, told them to go, they went and they fought and they waded through the rice fields and the jungles of Saigon and they were in prison and some have still not come home and they did it for freedom they did it for our freedom but you take all the sacrifice that's been made for this country and it doesn't compare to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ he said I'll make you free he said I'll make this happen the last thing is we're going to go back to verse 31 I want to talk about the sustaining of freedom You see, what good is freedom if we can't sustain it? Now that we are free, we must be diligent not to return to the bondage of sin. You say, is it possible? Absolutely it is. And by the way, if you're saved and you go back to sin, your latter estate will be worse than your former estate. The only person this morning who's more miserable than a lost sinner is a saved person who's living in sin. You see, if you've never known freedom, you won't miss freedom. But once you've seen and heard and believed and and you know, and I believe there's a lot of people, they think they need to get saved when really they just need to get right with God. God. They just need to present themselves a living, sacrifice, whole and acceptable, rededicate their life, repent of their sin, get get right with God, and they think they're lost because they're so miserable and they're so... uh, But listen to me, that's a good sign that you're saved if you can't enjoy sin. But if we want to sustain freedom, Jesus tells them in verse 31, first of all, we must have a confidence that cannot be moved. He said, verse 31, then said Jesus to the Jews... Those Jews which believed on him believed on him. He said, Brother James, boy, is it that simple? Oh yeah. We gotta keep our faith. The Bible says in Colossians two, six, as you've therefore received Christ Jesus Lord, so walk ye in him. First John five, four, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Acts 27, 25, Paul, in the middle of that great Urechidah and that storm, the ship was going down. They was emptying the ship. All hope was lost. Men were ready to die. Paul stood up in the midst of the ship and said, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. In the midst of that great storm Paul stood up and said Hey guess what fellas We're not going to die He says this night the angel of the Lord Whom I am and whom I serve He stood by me And he told me me, don't worry about it He said there's nobody going to lose their life And listen he says fellas I want you to know something I believe God How are we going to sustain our freedom We've got to continue in the faith We've got to have a confidence that cannot be shaken. The devil wants to attack the foundations of our faith. He wants to make us question and doubt the Word of God. But we must believe God's Word. We must trust God's Word. We must have faith in God and know that He'll bring us through. Amen. You see, America, we start losing our freedom when we start losing our faith. And if you lose your faith, you'll begin to lose your freedom as well. There's a confidence that cannot be moved. Verse 31, he says, if you continue in my word, there's a condition that must be met. What's the condition for us to sustain freedom? We must continue in God's word. Acts 26, 22, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. 1 Timothy 3.14 But continue thou the things which thou hast learned and been assured of knowing whom thou hast learned them. There's a lot of things I can't do Brother Aaron but I can continue. I can continue. Jesus said continue. He said you've believed on me, you've trusted me but now you must continue in my word. Listen to me this morning, if you're saved, I'm glad you're saved but we've got to continue in the word of God. We've got to continue serving God. Oh listen, it's going to get hard, it's going to get harder but we've got to continue. Jesus said you must continue. There's a lot of things you may not can do but you can continue. Continue. Just keep on. Just keep on. Just keep on going to church. Keep on spending time in prayer. Having family altar. getting on your knees in the secret place. Shutting the door. Oh, listen, interceding for sinners, witnessing to the lost, giving and sacrificially to the cause of Christ, uh, going and being faithful, being faithful to your wife and husband, being faithful to raise your children, being faithful to work your job and supply uh, the needs of your family. Just continue and just keep going on. Do you ever feel like just quitting? I've told them before, you know, it must be nice just to sit around and get paid to do nothing. And 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 I'll be honest with you, it's discouraging sometimes to know you're working right like you are, and then get that little notification from Mr. Bashir in his office up there that now, now they want me to file this taxes not quarterly but monthly. Ain't that a blessing? I called him, I said, look, I pay somebody fifty dollars a month. Now it's gonna cost me. She said, Why don't you just do it yourself? Oh boy, that was the wrong thing to say. I said won't you do it for me and while you're at it won't you pay them for me too. And it made me mad because, listen, they just toy with us. And sometimes, you know what I'd like to do? I'd just like to sell the lawnmowers, the trailer, everything, and just sit on my blessed shirts and draw a check like everybody else. But that's not an option, you see. We've got to continue. When it comes to the work of God, you look around, and you see there's some people who ain't doing nothing. They're not trying to help. They're not worried the church could go down, and they wouldn't lose a second of sleep about it but we don't do it for them we do it for him and Jesus said you must continue in my word so how to sustain friend there's a compass; that cannot be moved there's a condition that must be met but there's a connection that cannot be mistaken he said verse 31 then are you my disciples indeed you see that word again If we have a confidence that cannot be moved and if there's a condition that we meet we continue in his word then there's a connection that won't be mistaken. People will say there is disciple. By their fruits you shall know them. Is that not true? (coughs) So I ask you this do you want to be identified with the Lord Jesus Christ? A disciple means a follower. A learner. In Bible times, did you know, and Miss Kim will appreciate this, that they never had school inside. The teachers would lead the kids. They'd go outside and they'd walk up the road and they'd go out through a field and they'd teach them as they walk. They'd use the, they'd use the, 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 the sheep or they'd use, kind of like Jesus did. As they went, they'd teach and they'd talk. They'd go and they'd sit down somewhere under the shade. They'd eat their lunch and then they'd make their way back to the school. That's the way, that's the way they learned. They taught that way. And, and I mean, listen, it was an effective way of teaching. And so when people said that when the Bible talks about a disciple of Christ, it means a follower of Christ. And Jesus said, if you, if you keep your faith in me, if you continue in my word, he says, then people are going to look at you and they're going to know you're one of mine one of mine I'll be honest with you whenever they start trying to crack down on people that believe this book and follow the Lord I hope there's plenty of evidence for them to come after me you understand I don't want them to have to do a. a, now don't get me wrong I'm not just going to get down on my knees and let them drag me off I am armed and ready you know what I'm saying I mean hey uh, whatever. I'm just not going Anyway. I don't know why I said that, but anyhow. What I'm trying to say is, we should all want to live our life in such a way that if it were to become illegal, to be a Bible-believing, blood-bought Christian, they could, they could convict us like that. But Aaron, I want to be the type that they... That, hey, if they were to come to Mayfield and say, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to give a $10,000 reward. To whoever and you say that could never happen. Boy, I don't know. You better be you better watch what you say. They could just give you another stimulus check. Hey, what they said, we'll just give you another check if you'll just tell us where some of them Christians are we need to talk to them they're going to start paying taxes so they can support all this stuff and then brother Dylan if they come to Mayfield Kentucky and they say hey we want to know where the Christians are I want to live my life in such a way that it's going to be on Facebook Instagram Twitter Uh, he's right over there in that brick house he's one of them nuts he believes the Bible he believes Jesus is the only way he believes there's a heaven and there's a hell he believes there's a judgment coming he's just he's one of the I, want them, I don't want them to say well there's one that says he's a preacher but uh, I don't think he's really one of them you know what I mean I think he's just, you know, I don't, and do you want to be that type of person I don't I don't want them to say no you can't be talking about her you can't be talking about him there's no way there's no way they're one of his disciples Jesus said if you continue my word he says then you're my disciples indeed and that's the kind of Christian I want to be